Writing to me is simply thinking through my fingers. Isaac Asimov. Hello and welcome back to the Turn Rate Podcast. This is episode 92, The Art of Pacing. I think the problem most of us amateur writers face isn't really the lack of ideas for our story or the discipline to actually sit down and get it written, but it's often the little things that get us stuck, such as pacing. Even if you have a really great idea, a great voice, and the idea for an interesting plot, it doesn't necessarily mean it will be executed well. So something I am trying to learn as an amateur writer is the art of pacing. In this episode, I've collected some ideas from books, the writing community, and my own observations. Here are four ways to make your pacing more artful. Number one, switch perspectives. Starting out, I used to think that all novels should be told in first person, present perspective. For me, that was a writing style that I felt very comfortable with. I also liked it. And I think I was heavily influenced growing up by novels like The Hunger Games and Divergent. I loved the real-time aspect of it and how the character was taking you throughout really the whole course of their life and their day. And I do think that that approach works well for certain genres like dystopia, but switching up your perspective really ups the stakes of your novel. It allows you to get into a new character's mind. It allows you to create fresh fodder and it improves the pacing. You don't want your readers to get bored with one character, so you introduce another character. You will often see thriller writers like Paula Hawkins do this. Sometimes the writer will switch between the protagonist and a red herring, or they'll switch between a couple of different red herrings. Either way, it's pretty juicy. Romance writers do this as well, and they switch between the romantic interests, showing both perspectives, or using the perspective of time, and alternating with going back into time and then staying in the present. And this really gives you the complete picture of the story. Oftentimes we like one time more than the other, or we like one character more than the other, and that's natural. But I think the switch of perspective really gives your novel a new depth. The thing that I don't like about this technique of switching perspectives is if there are too many perspectives and there are too many characters, and we can't get deep enough into any of the characters' heads. I think this happened for me in Celeste NG's Little Fires Everywhere, that was a DNF for me. Just too many different people. I really liked Pearl. I really liked the main character writer. But some of the other characters I didn't feel were necessary to dive into their perspectives to get that story told. And as a result, the story dragged for me and I didn't want to continue reading it. I think similarly that also happened in The Nest by Cynthia Sweeney. And if you notice, both of these stories are literary fiction. And I think in order to make literary fiction more appealing and attractive these days... People are trying to put all these different twists on it, and one twist is, I think, having too many different perspectives. When you have too many different perspectives, it's harder to connect with the reader, and it's just downright confusing who is who. And, you know, since you're not spending enough time with the character, you're having a harder time picturing who this character is, and thus remembering them, and thus connecting with them. So I think it's a really good technique to switch perspectives, but don't do it with, like, a huge array of characters. I think really if there's any more than four perspectives in a story, that's too much. But as an amateur writer, I would stick with two or three. Number two, reveal bits and pieces of flashback. Not whole pages, not even paragraphs, but bits and pieces. A sentence here or there, a sentence that is so good it can instantly transport us back to that specific memory that a character has from the past that is haunting them still to this day. 
This is insanely difficult because it requires the writer to be succinct and to the point. Nothing extra, no filler, just action. Taylor Jenkins Reid is really, really good at this. The way she weaves backstory in and out of her stories is phenomenal. And I think she's a really good writer to learn from for this. The way she weaved in and out of Malibu Rising, you know, telling the perspective of June and going back into Nina's childhood. This was all so impressive to me and I loved it. Donna Tartt also really knows how to write a sentence that packs a punch. If you notice, her sentences are pretty short and her chapters are pretty short, but like the information contained in one sentence is so detail-filled. Like I don't know any other writers that can write with so much detail but so succinctly. And of course, this brings me to my next point. So when you give the reader this like little sliver of backstory here and there, they are dying to know more. They are turning the pages. The pacing is good. They want to read more. But of course, the bit that you reveal must be detailed enough to paint a solid picture in the reader's mind, which makes this technique very difficult to execute well. And this is something I'm really trying to do to kind of elevate my writing is I'm really trying to get good at incorporating the flashback in the ghost within the story very naturally without having to do long flashbacks or like winded paragraphs. I just want to do these sentences that pack a punch here and there and get my readers intrigued and keep them turning the pages. Number three, not having enough reaction scenes. I think this is mostly a problem in amateur writing because you don't really see this in professionally edited and published books. Um, but I've seen this in my own writing. I've seen this in writing groups. I've seen this in independent novels published on Amazon. I think this is just something that you learn over time as a writer. Um, if you jump from fast-paced action event A to fast-paced action event B without enough pause, you are going to, number one, confuse your readers, and number two, create zero empathy or suspense for your readers. So you have to have this pause where the character is kind of coming to terms with everything that's going on around him. And this time is used to develop the theme to understand what the story is really about and to have the character kind of pause and react and be emotional about the situation, whether it's angry, happy, sad, content, so that we can understand how the character feels about whatever has been going on in his life. In these reaction scenes, if you want to pull a little bit more backstory in, it would be appropriate. If you want to make a really eloquent metaphor about life and show it, that would also be appropriate. But there has to be a pause between the action so that your readers can feel something. Slowing down the pacing is just as important as keeping it quick. Number four, not balancing show versus tell. I think most of us are really, really scared of the concept of telling and we do not want to tell at all when we first start out because of our high school English classes. You know, they push that concept so much in high school English class. And when you get into the quote unquote, like real writing world, you understand that you have to balance the show versus tell. Sometimes telling is necessary. For example, in the very first chapter of your book, in order to get certain key information across while maintaining the reader's interest, you will have to tell it to the readers. It would be way too much to show every little detail and the reader would be bored and probably stop reading or be so confused that they stop reading. So you may have to tell that a murder happened. Maybe you're showing how the character is reacting to that news, but you have to tell that it happened. 
you can't just take the care you can't just take the reader along this like gruesome murder right at the beginning of the novel chances are people are going to be really really turned off by that i think another instance where sometimes it's acceptable to just tell is is if the situation is really really big and impactful and you are trying not to make your character seem too dramatic sometimes just telling those emotions will make it seem less dramatic than like your character rolled over onto the ground and tears were streaming out of their eyes soaking their cheeks with a vigor like a hurricane you know like that would be super dramatic and i think you know telling or, or doing like a smaller sentence on that would also be acceptable in an instance like that. But of course you want to show, you know, main points in your story and whatnot. I don't think that needs to be explained, but I think that the pacing of your story can be off if there isn't a balance between the show versus the tell. So those were four ways to create better pacing in your story. I really liked how this episode turned out. I hope it was helpful to you. I know pacing is something that I struggle with a lot and I want to get better at it as I continue to grow on my writing journey. I hope all of you are having a great summer. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I will talk to you on our next road trip.